Good Company is a production of iHeartRadio. People throw around the word authentic all the time, but there's a reason for it. Hi, I'm Michael Casson. Welcome to Good Company, where I'll explore how marketing, media, entertainment, and tech are intersecting, transforming our lives and the way we do business at a breakneck speed. I'll be joined by some of the greatest business minds and strongest leaders who will share how they've built companies from the ground up or transformed them from the inside out. My bet is you'll pick up a lesson or two along the way. It's all good. So it's a great pleasure today to introduce the guest today on Good Company. Not only is Allison somebody that I have great respect for professionally, but I'm going to let our viewers and our audience and our listeners in on a little secret. I've known Allison since she was born. So as we say, when you wish somebody a birthday these days, happy born day, I knew her on her born day. And it is truly a pleasure to have this conversation with uh, Allison, who is as much a member of our family as she is a friend and an associate in the business community. So, Allison, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I'm actually like genuinely humbled that that I'm doing this because you're a veteran in this business and you're basically like my father and my kid's grandfather. And so it's just, it's crazy how our orbits are completely combined. And to be able to do this and talk about work is really exciting for me. And I'm excited to to have the conversation. So Allison, I want to kind of dive right in. Your background is in really working with and managing the careers of truly global superstars, people like Christina Aguilera, people like Gwen Stefani, Jennifer Lopez. Talk to us about, you know, how you got your start and really climb the ranks. And, and I'm sensitive to the fact that this is your family business as well. So you certainly grew up around the dinner table with the conversations around talent and music and, and the like. But you are somebody who, you know, there's an old expression about people who you say were born on third base. In the music industry, you were born on third base. However, you hit your own triple. And and that's a big difference because you've done this and climbed the ranks with your own two hands and not having anything to do with the fact that you had that opportunity. You did this the old fashioned way. And I'd love you to talk about that. And, you know, how did you get the experience to teach and, and help create brand campaigns in this crazy world? What was that spark that allowed you to understand how a brand can be and brands, by the way, the talent you've worked with over your career, those are brands, no yes. different than any brand you pick off off the shelf digitally or in the store. These are brands and, yes. and, you, and you manage brands and careers, but those are brands. Yeah, no, I mean, we, we define brand as, you know, whether it's a CPG brand or whatever it might be, you know, brand is brand and a celebrity is just a living, breathing brand, right? For me, um, I, as you said, right, I never take for granted or took for granted the incredible life that I have been fortunate enough to to have. And as well as, um, you know, my family's business, my father's career has been a big one, right? Even bigger as I've gotten older. And 
it's funny because when I first started out, I'm a college dropout. So I dropped out of the university of Arizona when I was after my sophomore year, I was, I was, my, my major was in retailing. And when I called my parents and I said, Oh, I figured out my, my major, I'm in a major in retailing. My dad literally was like, what is that? Like, are they dropping you off at the mall? I don't understand. And I was like, no, but the, it, 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 it actually was the beginning of my interest in what um, brand is and marketing is and how all of that kind of comes together. I went and worked for my dad. It was a, it was a favor actually. I was a makeup artist and I was working at a salon in West Hollywood um, after I dropped out of school and I was super happy. I was like, I love this. And um, he called me and he said, I need you to come work for me for two weeks. And I was like, oh, hell no. I don't want to be the boss's daughter. I don't want to be in the music business. I don't want to be in the management business. I was like, I've, you know, cause I've lived it. I, I grew up on the road with, with my father and my mom and, and all those things. And he was like, no, no, I'm not asking you. I'm telling you. And like, th- that was very rare for my dad. So, you know, I was 21 years old. I went to at the time his offices in Burbank and on the Warner Brothers lot, he had a record label called Giant Records. He had sold it back to Warner Brothers and he was starting up the management company again. And he said, I need you to come in and be my assistant for two weeks until I find someone. And I was like, fine, even though I didn't want to. And two weeks turned into 17 years. And, um, you know, I'm, I, I, I'm grateful because there's no better mentor. And my, and the way that my, my father, um, kind of teaches is, is it's, it's like a sink or swim, you know, it's like he, and I, I've inherited this in a weird, in a way in that he believes in people. I believe in people and I lean into those people and he did the same. He believed in me and he leaned into me and I did a lot of work with him with multiple artists. You know, ultimately he was the manager manager. So he managed Christina, he manages the Eagles, he manages all these people. And um, where I sat in it was I was one under him and doing all the day to day and making sure that those clients were running and operating and efficient. So what happened was I became very involved in those brand deals that back in the day, you know, the traditional brand deals that we all knew and loved so much that the, the pay for play, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to pay Jennifer Lopez, X amount of dollars to be the face of Pepsi. She's going to get, you know, we're going to get four production days, a couple PR days. There was no such thing as social media. So these celebrities, especially of those caliber, um, they were very powerful for these brands to use, um, to, to grow their awareness and vice versa. For me, it came at, you know, I, I had, after doing the day-to-day management, I naturally saw that our clients needed, more support specific in brand, right? You have to remember this was at a time that the music business was in decline because streaming started. You had the Napsters and you had all these things, you know, popping up. So CD sales didn't started to decline. Record labels were freaking out and they were like, what do we do? They were slashing marketing budgets. And I instinctually said, well, we need to leverage these brands marketing budgets. It's less about how much my clients can get paid and how much we can leverage these marketing spends and build the profile through that and leverage that for record releases, uh, tour announcements, book releases, anything. And I really leaned into it. And I just, to be completely transparent, I don't, I just had an instinct and a natural gravitation for it. And I just loved it. It kind of gave me 
the opportunity to be entrepreneurial, but also be creative. And I really loved that piece of it. And so early on, I just, I went to, to my dad and I said, Hey, you know, you're building up this management company. Um, he was going through at the time he was doing, um, he, he believed in consolidation. Um, and so he was going and, and consolidating smaller management companies and bringing them under one roof to be frontline management. And I went to him and I said, you know, we really need someone internally supporting these managers on all the commercial stuff because on all the brand work, again, pre-social media, um, you know, because unfortunately the big agencies and their commercial divisions, our clients were one of thousands that they were trying to service. And so we needed as managers to be more proactive and creative in ways that we were going to be approaching brand to support our clients in whatever capacity that was. And that really was the beginning of my love for the brand space and really having a good understanding for it. And, you know, I, I worked for the, for the family business for many years. Like I said, for 17 years, I got married while I was there. I had three kids while I was there. And, um, after I had my third son, I, I felt, I, uh, to be honest, I, I felt a little bit like just uninspired. And, and I said, you know, if I'm going to be leaving these kids every single day, I, I can do more than paper deals, you know? And, um, I wanted to lean into the brand work. I really did. I wanted to be, um, someone who comes from talent because I always had to deal with the buyers and buyers Sometimes I'm a buyer now, so I can, I can talk openly about buyers, right? Um, buyers never really lead with talent first. They lead tra- with transaction first, right? And I understand why, like they have their clients coming to them saying, I just want this person, go buy them, you know, find me them. And so their job is to make sure that they deliver what their client wants. Whereas and, and Allison, I want to interrupt for one yes. second because I've always drawn a distinction between buyers and sellers in a different way. Yeah, I've said there's a body move. And, you know, Sheryl Sandberg wrote a book called Lean In. I'm very familiar. I Sheryl back then that I said, you now own that word, that concept of lean in. I said, but I've used it forever, Cheryl. I used it in a different way. I've always said buyers lean back, sellers lean in. Buyers do what you just said. Go get me that. I'm buying. The seller has to now go sell it. And again, it's a body move. A seller leans in, a buyer leans back. Yeah. It's mindset, but there's a nuance there. And it's so interesting because understanding the pivot between being a buyer and a seller is magic if you get it. Yeah. Magic. And I, have, I happen to be a buyer and a seller. So I sit in this very interesting orbit of it or in this very interesting seat in it. And for me, you know, when I was at the management company, I mean, by the time my dad built that up and we had probably over a hundred managers or 90 plus managers and over, you know, 150, 200 clients. And that business went through multiple different, um, acquisitions, you know, initially it was bought by Ticketmaster, then it was bought by Live Nation. Then he broke off from Live Nation and went back to being a private management company. So I I went on that journey with him through the whole entire thing. And I learned so much in it, right? Um, But at the same time, I was always hyper-focused on brand through all of that as he was building it. And being the sitting on the manager side 
the biggest hurdle that I faced with buyers, again, went back to them being transactional and less about talent, right? Like I have been, it's in my blood, like talent, even what I do now, right? Like I'm always thinking of talent first. How is this going to benefit talent? How is talent going to lean in to this, right? Like, how are we going to get them excited more so now in 2021 than back then even? So Allison, let's transition to something. So yeah. you, you had the, the 18 plus years working with your family business. And yeah. you know, I haven't said this, but people will figure it out. But, you know, your dad is that giant in the business, Irving Azoff. And yeah. those are big shoes to fill in terms of somebody who's spanned the entire you know, generation, yeah. one of the most important figures in this generation in the music industry. Also produced a few movies along the way. So it's not as if it was Good just one. Urban yeah. Cowboy sticks out in my mind. Fast I Times at Ridgemont High. Yeah, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, two yeah. faves. But Blended Strategy Group, the company that you've built now yep. with your partner, just the name alone says you took a more strategic approach, a less tactical approach. You know, talk to me a bit about what the inspiration for that was. Yes, I understood the, you know, if you're going to go and leave the kids and, and go to work every day, you know, you want it to be inspiring. But just the title about blended strategy group, I love the two words together. You, would, to actually, you would laugh at how long it took Sherry and I to figure out what we wanted to name our business. It took us forever. And then now it's like the perfect name for so many reasons, right? But we've also grown into it. We've yeah, I can't tell that same story about yeah. MediaLink. When I had to pick a name for MediaLink, I was on the phone with my lawyer and I said, I don't know, it's gotta be something with media. And he said, yeah, but you're gonna link the world. I said, okay, MediaLink, being perfect. though, that's it. That's exactly how it happened. So that's I know trials and tribulations, but I know sometimes that can be, you know, a, an arduous task to pick a name. It, it was at one point where we were like, Sherry and I always say noodle on it. We still do like to this day. And, and I'll go back in a minute to, to how we got to where we are, but we almost called our agency, the noodle company, because we literally could not, like, we would be sitting there writing our business plan and all this stuff. And she'd, we'd be like, okay, noodle on that. And let's connect in 48 hours. Da, 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 da. And finally, I just gave up on the name. I was like, just fucking name it Noodle. I don't care at this point. Like, we just need to get started. So whatever, you know. And then after we kind of released that piece of the stress of figuring it out, Blended kind of naturally came in. And, you know, when I left working for the family business, I went to my dad and I said, listen, I've done all I can do here. I really have, you know, like I came in, I, 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 we, I've managed tons of different talent. I realized that managing talent 360 for me is not necessarily something that I love. Um, but I knew that I loved the brand space of it. And I knew that I being on the receiving end and being a seller and not a buyer at the time, right. To what you were saying that I was having such a hard time navigating on behalf of the client to get them what they want. You know, my favorite story in the entire world to tell is that when a buyer tracked me down on a 4th of July holiday, and I'm very close with this buyer to this day, and I love him immensely, but he tracked me down probably six, seven years ago, 4th of July. He said, I got to talk to you. I have this opportunity for Stevie Nicks, who my father manages. And I said, okay, she doesn't really do deals, but I'm happy to talk to you. And he came in and he said, you know, we're representing Bose headphones. They're the new sponsor of 
the NFL and they're going big and they want Stevie to do a commercial with Russell Wilson and they want her in a hot tub singing, don't stop believing. And I was like, there are so many things wrong, so many things wrong with this. So many things wrong with this, right? Like the first, the first one is she doesn't even sing that song, right? Like she doesn't even sing that song. Fleetwood Mac, which she is part of sings that song, but a different Fleetwood Mac member sings that song. The second thing is like that creative is just not, it goes back to what I was saying about the disconnect between the artist and the, and all of that, right? So like that creative alone is not going to fly. Right. So there was just so many disjointed things to it. And it's a, it's a good example of why I felt so inspired to start blended was because I wanted to be on the side of how do I help kind of, how do I help fill that gap that is currently there between the buyer and the talent and make this better. People throw around the word authentic all the time, but there's a reason for it, you know, especially in today's world. So, you know, I sit in this funny spot because, and like you, and probably a lot of people, you know, listening to the podcast, um, we know life pre-social media, and we also know life post-social media. So we've been through this whole entire transition. Blended Strategy Group was created with the intent to service both brand and talent um, for anything entertainment marketing related with a focus on influencer marketing. And that's how we started. And, and where we came up with blended was that, like I said, my background comes from talent, right? I'm talent first. It's in my blood. I, I will, you know, that's just how, what I know my business partner, Sherry Jouar, her background comes in brand. And funny enough, we got connected through a buyer who called me and said, I have at the time she was um, SVP of marketing for a company called EOS, the evolution of smooth. They were the egg shaped lip balms. Um, and she had hired a buyer to help her find talent to post on what was a new platform called Instagram. And the buyer called me and said, I have a client who has $2 million and wants to sponsor a Kesha tour. And I was like, okay, Kesha's not going on the road, but I will happily book a tour for her for a $2 million sponsorship. You know what I mean? At the time, Kesha was new and all these things and she was the bee's knees. And he was like, okay, okay. You know, and like six or eight weeks went around and I didn't hear anything. And I, I said to the buyer, I was like, what are like, what's going on? Can you, can you just put me in touch with her? And he's like, yeah, nothing's ever going to come from it. And I'm like, great. And I called her and I said, hi, this is who I am. This is who my clients are. Can you just tell me what you're trying to do? She's like, oh yeah, I'm just trying to curate a big group of people who are influential and who I can pay to post on their social media. And I literally was like, that's it. And she was like, that's it. She said, I don't want a PR day. I don't want a production day. I don't want anything. And she had deep pockets. I mean, she had six figures, you know? And we started running those deals all day long. And then it was at that point that we felt like, oh, our skill sets of her with the brand understanding and me with the talent understanding is a really good blend that creates a one plus a one equals a hundred as opposed to a one plus one equals two. So thank God we were able to realize that we had two very different skill sets that complemented each other so well. And that really was the catalyst for Blended. So, Allison, I know that um, Marie Claire wrote an article on, on you back in January of this year, 
And the title of it is going to be, I'm going to already contradict the title because the title was Don't Call Allison Stoddard Kim Kardashian's Best Friend. Mm -hmm. But I do know that you are Kim's best friend. Yeah. And I do know that you and Kim grew up together because as you know, but the, our audience doesn't, my kids were part of that same conclave growing up. So yeah. talking about collaborations and talking about social media and talking about the greatest story of social media in history yeah. is clearly the Kardashians. Yeah. yeah. You had a great collaboration last summer when you launched KKW yeah. and a collection based on, not on that relationship, but fostered by that relationship. But how did that come together? I mean, again, you and Kim grew up together. Yeah. Uh, you know, the funny story when Kim did me a favor and spoke at Cannes a couple of years ago, and she was at the time, she was probably eight months pregnant with oh North. And she stood up for me and, and really helped me out. And with a room of about a thousand people, she whispered into the microphone, I love you, Uncle Michael, made my day. I mean, Aww. it was a highlight. So, uh, uh, you yeah. know, I, I too have had the pleasure of, you know, watching all of you grow up, but particularly, but that's a collaboration that actually has borne real fruit in product and everything else. How did that come together aside from you guys being, you know, lifelong yeah. besties? Well, honestly, I feel so lucky that I have her as a best friend. You know, I know her in a, I think a much different way than most similar to the way you know her, right? You saw her, you saw her grow up and you know her. And um, I'm just so lucky to have her, you know, by my side and, and we're lucky for each other. We, we have a, we have a, a real respect for each other and, and each of our, our careers. Like we have been in this together from day one, you know, Kim didn't go to college like me. We, you know, we have very similar, um, drive um you know we're really supportive of one another so we we've always been really respectful of each other's careers our career paths and we've also been really supportive but supportive in a way of like I'll call her and ask her her opinion on something and vice versa you know um but we've also been really um careful to never do anything that we worry will impact our friendship in a negative way, you know? So it's so refreshing to have a cheerleader and a supporter and a best friend in Kim. Cause you know, that's, that's who she is to me and that's who I am to her. And when the makeup collab came out, look at the end of the day, if Kim was like, will you go, you know, jump in that pool with me full of dolphins? I swear it's going to be safe. I won't let anything happen to you. I promise I will jump in the pool of dolphins with her she would do the same, you know? And so it was really one of those things where um, we were just talking one day and she she and I were like, God, wouldn't it be fun if we did a makeup collab together? And she was like, yeah. And she was like, do you want to do it? And I was like, yeah, I would love to do it. Um, but it just needs to be makeup that I'm going to be able to wear because when, you know, who I am, is and 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 the things that that people relate to me about is very different from who she is and how people relate to her right and so i said i was like yeah let's do it but let's do it with makeup that 
everyone it, it's going to like that I can actually use, you know, like I want to be able to use your makeup. And she was back like, to what you said earlier about yeah. authenticity. Yeah, back to authenticity. And she was like, amazing. Yes. She was like, will you come over and show me how you do your makeup? And I was like, yeah, no problem. And so I went to her house. I brought all my, my makeup, which is like a curation of madness. And I took it all to her house and she had her, you know, her product team there and everyone. And I literally did my makeup in front of them. And you know, I'm a mom of three kids. Listen, I'm no one's as busy as Kim is, right? But she also has a much larger team to help her look the way that, you know, she has glam on a regular because she shoots and works every fucking day. You know, for me, I'm more of a like, oh God, I got to go, you know, like I'm not a famous person. No one cares, right? Like I don't need to present myself perfectly every time I walk out of the house. So when I took, took it there and I showed them how quickly I did my makeup, they're like, that's it? And I was like, that's it. And they're like, oh my God, this is great. And so we built off of that and we, you know, we made it something that was attainable and beautiful and was a reflection of our friendship. You know, like if you go, if you look, all the names have a, you know, a a reference to our, our lives growing up, whether it references streets we grew up in or restaurants we went to or places that we've traveled together or any of it. And listen, she's a marketing genius in my opinion. And, um, you know, when she was like, what do you think the packaging should look like? I'm like, you tell me, like, what do you think the packaging should look like, you know? And so I got really lucky that, you know, she, she, she's so creative that way. She was the one who came up with the idea to do the packaging, make it look like a collage because we used to always make collages when we grew up and things like that. And so, you know, it was a super fun project to work on. I'm really grateful that she gave me the opportunity. It definitely was a little bit outside of my comfort zone from a, you know, a public standpoint of all of the, the, the bigness of, of it is a, it's a lot sometimes, you know, and, and she, she handles it with such, I mean, she handles it with such grace and she's She's truly, she's, she's a unicorn. Yeah, I agree with that. And, you know, again, I've had the fun of knowing her since she was a little kid, when we used to go on those ski vacations to Vail uh, yeah. with four families, uh, the joke was it was Cranes, Cranes, Cassins, and Kardashians, and Colkers, five families. Yeah, five Ks. You, you had to start, your name had to start with a K or you I weren't know. included. Um, I know. Those were great. Those were great memories when the kids would take our particular condo unit. I don't know why they picked ours. And every night when we'd go to dinner, all the kids would go back and they'd rearrange the furniture and build a fort. And it was our living, it was in our condo and we'd come back and the couch was over here and the chairs were over here and everything. And, and there were kids. That's everywhere. You guys were the coolest parents. That's why. Cause you and That's Ronnie were like the coolest parents. But if we did that, if we did that in one of the other condos, we, the, the parents probably would have been annoyed with us. We were good. We were good with it. So Allison, I want, I want to switch gears for a moment. Hollywood reporter just published an article recently that's covering you know, the expanding sort of celebrity cannabis market. And I know you are working with Chelsea Handler to build a a female fronted, female focused cannabis, you know, with first time female users. What kind of message are you trying to reach female users versus general market users or male users? Well, listen, it's, 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 
it's interesting, right? And I'm sure that we can have a whole nother podcast segment talking about what the current state of the brand world is as it relates to celebrity marketing and how it's shifted, how the pay for play models has shifted. It still exists, but you also have, you know, this now um, brand creation with celebrity founders backed by celebrities. That is kind of the new normal model for marketing, right? And um, you know, our business um, does a lot of that work, not just in cannabis, but across the board. Um, we have a service agency that does, you know, influencer marketing, PR, and social media strategy. And we have a venture side of our business that helps create brands that has some sort of entertainment background, entertainment bend to it, right? And so it all kind of correlates together. Um, specific to cannabis, I am very passionate about the cannabis space. It also happens to be an incredibly challenging category to be in, right? It is so unstable because it is not federally legal. And because it's not federally legal, it carries so much stigma to it, right? And because it has that stigma, I think people in general um, are still a bit afraid of it, right? I happen to not be afraid of it. I happen to be very grateful for it and think it's a very powerful flower and think that it can do a lot of good in our world. Um, with Chelsea, you know, uh, we talk about authenticity a lot. And, and the way that I talk about this brand is, um, you know, everyone wants a brand. Every celebrity wants a brand, right? We just launched a tequila that's delicious that everyone should try called Cali Rosa um, that is backed by Adam and Adam and Bahati Levine. And what we do is we have a lot of talent that we work with that comes to us and says, I want this. And we look at the landscape and we look at the categories and we look at where their most authentic entry point is. Chelsea Handlers happens to be in cannabis. That is her most authentic entry point. Her and I have been on this journey for probably three plus years trying to get her own brand to market. And while it's female focused, we want everyone to be able to have it, but we want to be that trusted, reliable mid-tier kind of for everybody brand, but specific to women, I think that women are scared of it. Like they're genuinely afraid. They're like, I get too much anxiety. I'm going to eat too much. What if I do this? What if I go off that? Da -da 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 -da. You know, it's like, I'm like, listen, I'm a better mom because of cannabis. I am a better friend because of cannabis. I am a better CEO because of cannabis. I am a better daughter and sister because of cannabis. And come to us and let us help educate you and let us help you, um, you know, either enter for the first time and, and reap the benefits that, that we reap from them, or let us help you return to it. If you took one too many bong hits in college and have never gone back or ate the wrong brownie. You know, the other thing that people don't realize is that cannabis has become so much more, um, you know, with the dosing, it is so much easier now to, to, to use cannabis and be more in control when you're using cannabis because of the dosing back then, you know, before there wasn't that. So yeah, you know, I can understand people getting some shitty weed and, you know, rolling a joint and having a bad time. And we want, especially women who are, some are moms who are afraid like, Oh, what if I get too stoned and I'm home alone with my kid? You know, like how do we take that and turn those into a positive as opposed to a negative? How do we help 
them get back to this and understand the benefits of this flower. These, this flower is so much better for you than a fucking Vicodin or a Xanax or, you know, any of these pharmas, like it's crazy. And, and, and it, it really can be a very powerful thing for women who, especially with the rise of women entrepreneurs and women who are now not just stay at home moms and things like that. It's like, there's so many benefits from cannabis that we can help, um, you know, destigmatize and, and bring people back and, or bring people in and help navigate this space and be that trustworthy, consistent brand with that. 